Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today's show focuses on Garmin Electronics. Captain Bob Hines from Central Coast Angling joins us to talk about Garmin, Panoptics, and LiveScope for Great Lakes Angling. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, we wanted to have you on today to talk about Garmin. I think uh, we're going to talk a lot of things Garmin, but one of the things that, that we've seen and we've heard, we, we talked to um, Captain Dan Keating last night. He said there's a lot of new uh, anglers that maybe have always been on inland lakes thinking about getting out on the big water. Uh, what does Garmin have for that's kind of, I guess, more budget friendly for those type of folks? Um, so Garmin is just a awesome awesome incredible line i just actually switched over the garments um i'm almost a full season in with it i'm always been a kind of a techie guy so because i'm a techie guy i came from hummingbird solixes just like rick um rick mentioned there so i jumped right into their top of the line is the 8600s by no means do anybody nobody has to grab those units you can jump on with a i guess um a good introductory unit would be the ultra map the UHD series, those, they start at six inches and they stop at nine. Um, they're great starter units. You can pick them up anywhere from 600 to, you know, right up to about $800. Bass Pros, Cabela's has them on sale. Um, often a lot, they'll run a $200 code. You know, you can get those right, you know, get into those fairly cheap. You know, they are coming with a really good quality transducer, side imaging, uh, 2D. Uh, now, Garmin, they... They don't call it side imaging. They don't, well, it is side imaging. They're down imaging, they're calling clear view. So you can get into those. They're great products. And they're all the beautiful part is most of them will handle the pain optics and you know the the Garmin Live Scope. Everybody loves the live scope. So it's getting popular quick. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, about uh, Great Lakes fishing with pan optics and, and with live scope, how does that work? And I guess the big question, I think a lot of people, and they, they think pan optics is live scope. So what are the differences between pan optics and live scope? Yeah, let's, let's start with, let's start with pan optics. That's been around the longest. It's getting popular, definitely on the Great Lakes. I know uh, you have Casey Prisco on tonight. He kind of sparked my interest after he did his first podcast with uh, the Great Lakes podcast there with you guys. I kind of listened to that and I'm like, okay. So I I caught on that. What a lot of us are doing here in the Great Lakes, the trolling guys, is we're picking up PS30 transducers. Some guys are still running the PS22s. The PS30 transducer is a down-looking transducer. It has a 120 degree by 90 degree cone. Um, I know that Mark just put a video out and he's talking about turning it sideways and putting it on a Rytec Marine ps31 mount and he's using it to look forward this is completely optional what it's allowing to, you to do with panoptics is it's not giving you live imaging the ps30 transducer but it is allowing to you you to monitor your riggers and if you do not look forward if you just use a standard 120 by the 90 on the good days you should be seeing your low divers too now that is panoptics now we're talking about live sonar. Let's switch over that. That is giving you a live image, 120 degrees by 20 degrees. 
and everybody's got this you know this technology is new um it's been out for about four years now the live scope has with garmin um they're definitely leading the pack lawrence is right behind you know lawrence's quality is good we just had some updates with garmin and the, they're obviously gonna you know they're just up to the lvs 34 i don't have that yet i plan to have in about three weeks so yeah the uh the technology is phenomenal yeah, I, I think what we're seeing is kind of a bit of an arms race, you know, between, I mean, you know, so, you know, nobody builds a bad product anymore. We all know that. I mean, and um, I think, I think what's, what we're seeing, because we just get a lot of questions. I mean, even, even we see it on the, on the fish side, but um, I think as the technology develops, we're going to find more and more application, you know, guys like Bob out there actually fishing it every day. Um, you know, you're going to kind of, you're going to kind of leave the charge lead the charge for the rest of us i think so yeah absolutely i use my live scope i've used it for deep water trolling um right now my plan for 2022 season is i'm going to use my live scope and i'm just going to use it to look at the boat because you know i i kind of want to adjust using the ps30 that i'm using i want to see what how the fish are reacting what the kings and the coho are doing you know on my short lines close to the boat and then just use the live scope to look at the boat and kind of monitor, you know, where are the fish actually sitting in the column? Um, but yeah, just like you said, Trevor, it is, it's iPhone. I mean, we're getting updates. We're getting new iPhones. We're getting new Samsungs. Everybody's technology is great. And honestly, if you're running light or if you're running Lowrance right now, get an active target. They're great. I mean, everybody's technology is phenomenal. It's only getting better. And we're at the very beginning stages of this. Over on YouTube, and Curtis would like to know, you know, you touched on this a little bit, but uh, he'd like to know, is it better to run the PS30 Panoptics Transducer the standard way or install it sideways? What would be the advantages and disadvantages to those installations? All right, Curtis. Um, the first thing you're asking this question, this is right the nuts and bolts of the PS30. It comes down to you and your application. What do you want to see? You're going to see your riggers if you're running it sideways sideways meaning your 120 degree cone is looking forward and aft so you're going to see the fish in front of your boat you're going to see the fish behind your boat what you're not going to see is you're not going to see much to the side of your boat so if you want to see you know out front see the fish coming into your spread run it sideways if you want to see more action reaction on your spread you got to run it the standard way all right, uh, here's another one here. We'll get to this. And this is Rob. And this one, uh, this is really going to get into the techie stuff here. He says, you're a techie guy. You might be able to help. Is there an easy way to connect the Garmin Echo Mac Map UHD to a Mercury outboard without using the NMEA 2000 backbone? No. You got to use a NEMA. <laughs> I'm not a Mercury guy, but I know that you need a NEMA. Yeah, that's that's the that's the talking point. So you need that NEMA. Yeah. NEMA's right, not Bob. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the area you fish and, and how you use your equipment to fish that area and what you're, how you're using that to, uh, to put more fish in your boat. Okay. So right now, um, like I said, I jumped in with the Garmin 8612 and then I also jumped in, which is a touchscreen unit. And then I jumped in with a 1242 XSV. This unit is a tabbed unit. Um, so in rough you know, rough conditions, I can obviously use my hotkeys. There are no hotkeys on the 86 series. Um, I'm using live scope every single day right now. I'm fishing perch. Uh, we kicked our season off actually yesterday on the first 
first day, the third. I'm losing track already. I'm only two or three days in. Anyway, so from what I've understood is I'm kind of cutting the way on deep water live scope usage. Um, and when I say deep water, the deepest I've used it so far is about 130 feet. I'm seeing my jigs down to about 80 feet, you know, vertically. Um, so when I'm looking for my schools of perch right now, we're in perch season. I'm looking out about 175 to 200 feet. And a given day, I'm in about 80 feet of water. I'm just looking for pods of fish. We were in an area today, I was kind of scouting out, and I had to do about three miles of shoreline. I haven't fished that area in but two times over the last few years. Within an hour, I was in a school perch, and we were just whipping on perch. So, you know, to have the ability to broaden your what you're looking with just you know, looking out 175 feet versus your traditional 2D sonar. I mean, you're, I'm covering massive amounts of deep water. Um, and that's just for perch. I'm using it for targeting Cisco. I'm using it for targeting vertical jigging coho. I'm not what much of a walleye angler because I live in Northern Michigan. If I did have a good walleye fishery up here in Northern Michigan, like Erie, Saginaw, I'd probably be pretty hard on the walleye, but I'm pretty hard on the perch, pretty hard on the Kings. Um, I don't use it much for the Kings. You know, I'm using Panoptic or yeah, the Panoptics, the PS30. So day in, day out, I'm using my live scope right now. That's about six months of the year. Trevor, do you get anything else for Mr. Bob? No, I'm looking for questions here. We're doing a good job of, uh, of answering a lot of, a lot of those. Uh, like I say, I, I think that, you know, my impression of, of this technology is, is we kind of don't know what we don't know yet. I mean, we really I don't, we really I, don't. I think we're really, you know, you know, obviously kind of coming from an electronics background. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff and, and it's, it's exciting. And, uh, I think in the next 24 months, um, we're going to have a lot more of these questions and, and generate a lot of new ones too. So Trevor, something I do want to say about, Panoptics is it's been incredibly expensive to get into. Just Panoptics alone, I think you're looking at $1,500 just for the black box, the GLS 10, and the LVS 32. That's just, you know, that's just the live scope transducer in the black box to run it. Then you have a unit. So, you know, a good price point is about $2,000. That's incredibly expensive. Luckily, Garmin just dropped the LVS 34. So, what's going to happen is a bunch of these LVS 32s and black boxes are going to they're going to hit the market. It's like the brand new iPhone. There's a lot of people out there. I'm one of them. I've got to have brand new technology all the time. So I'm already looking at, you know, my, my LVS 32, my live scope, my current one, I want to update. So, so many of you, these guys are out there. It's going to get incredibly cost efficient to get into these units. So if you're thinking about getting into it, just hold on a couple more weeks, guys. I'm already starting to see guys sell their units and their black boxes for like 600, 800, 500. So, at some point, this is become the, this is going to become spot lock. You know, this is going to become the standard on the lake. I think so. If anybody out there is, you know, they're just holding tight for, you know, a breaking point. You know, it's kind of tough to explain to your wife that you just dumped two thousand dollars on live scope. So just we, hold we, on. Guys. We, we we talked about that last night on how you uh, you know how we can you know we're going to maximize our time. I, I came up. I thought I came up with something pretty good. Yeah. yeah, he went with if we catch more fish when we go out there, we don't have to fish as much. Right. Right. It's it's true. I mean, for me, time is money. I'm 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 sitting here running a charter and people are paying me to get them on fish. If I can see those fish out there, I mean, that saves 30, 45 minutes of looking. That means, you know, we're done quicker. Get in and get out. So yeah, it's definitely gonna become the standard. Um, we're just, you know, we're only four years in with Garmin. 
and Hummingbird and Lawrence just jumped on this year. I know a lot of the guys like um, Lance there before me, he said that he was just starting to play around with his active target. So a lot of guys are just getting active target. I can't wait to see. I'm excited to see where we're at five years from now. Yeah, that's something, you know, and we I'm kind of into the fishing or the ice fishing thing. And in ice fishing, everybody knows what it is. Yeah, everybody yes. knows what live scope is. That's everybody it. knows how it works. You know, the only the only barrier is that price, which you just talked about. Um, what do you think it's going to take before people start to figure it out? Figure out what live active sonar does in open water fishing, because in ice fishing, everybody can see the advantage. They see how it works, and they're they're all in. I think um, a big one right now, like I mentioned, depth. So right now I can tell you I've used it on salmon, you know, on my King setup, on my Great Lakes setup. I've watched Kings literally climb out of 90 feet and eat my slider 45 feet down. I mean, I've literally watched these fish just disappear and hear the rod start screaming. I think what it's going to take is better target separation, you know, a stronger signal. We're going to have to be able to see better. And then also, you know, experience. We don't, there's not a lot of guys. I mean, I know of two guys that have used it trolling up here by me, and I'm one of them. So I, I just don't think live sonar is quite there. It, we're going to have to have some time with it. All right. Uh, we started a few questions here. Here's one from Kyle over on Facebook. And Kyle says, uh, what are the – he's actually got a couple questions. One was, uh, do you need different or multiple transducers to run panoptics and live scope? And his other one was uh, pros and cons of the – 86 series versus the 1243 XSV. All right, Kyle. Um, so let's start with your transducer question. LVS 32 just got replaced with LVS 34. That's your live scope. Panoptics, PS22, PS30, PS31. Those are your basics. Your PS31 is forward looking. PS30 is down looking. PS22 is forward looking. Um, so those are your basic three principles, and then obviously your live scope. The 8600 series versus the 1243, they're both touch screen. They're almost identical units. Um, I actually wanted to add a third one. I thought I was ordering another 8600. Wrong unit, had to take it back. Anyway, so the big one is definitely clarity resolution. Um, the pixels on the 8600 series is just, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's literally... And the technology and what I've seen coming, I know there's some stuff coming, and from what I've seen, it's only going to get better. But and then obviously a big one's price point too. So, all right, here's a question that I see a lot in the ice fishing world, and like you said, I don't think this is really uh, really come to the party yet when it comes to open water fishing. But uh, William says uh, this is definitely more efficient. How do you think it will affect fish populations and limits going forward? Um. You know, I think that, that that's going to have something we're going to have to leave up to, um, you know, the fishing community. I think we're going to have to really be responsible. It's definitely, for me, it's made my job a lot easier um, as far as finding fish. At the same time, I'm putting rods in people's hands, and you still have to catch the fish. So I know I've got a lot of buddies out there that have it, and they're not out there day in, day out. They're seeing the fish. Also, it's a computer system. You have to be proficient with it you have to be able to use it so to use those maximum capacity and actually do harm on the fishery i don't think we're we have to worry about that quite yet but we do need to keep that in our minds 
I, I actually I actually just saw a study that the state of Arkansas did and they and that was the very question was is they were measuring the effect of of these type of you know technologies on the crappie fishery. Yes. And their study was very interesting because they found that while those anglers use, using this technology caught more fish, those were also the same anglers that weren't keeping as many fish. Yes. So to your point, Bob, um, you know, it depends, you know, we have the choice of, of what we're doing with those fish and, and it's going to be a kind of a, I think it's going to be up to the anglers to uh, use some discretion here. And you, and you know, there's, there are days it's nothing more than a, it was completely a, a scouting tool for me today. I didn't need to go out and kill a ton of fish. I didn't need to go catch a ton of fish. I just need to know that they are there and get out. So. All right. Uh, Ryan's got a question. I like this one. This is kind of a question that I ask a lot. So if you could just pick one type of sonar, what would it be? Live, 2D, side, down, uh, what would it be and, uh, and why for an open water angler? That's a great question, Ryan. Um, so I will tell you that I'm at the point, depending on what we're doing, if we're bass fishing, walleye fishing, perch fishing, bluegill fishing, anything but king fishing, you know, any kind of deep water trolling, I won't get on your boat unless you have a live scope or any type type of live sonar. I just, I want it. I want to see it. I want to know they're there now. So having said that, I would say that I'm 60%, you know, rod in hand kind of a guy. So I want live, you know, I want a live sonar, but if I'm trolling, I want down sonar. All right. Uh, good question there. Uh, Jamal's asked this question for a couple different guys. I haven't uh, brought it up, so we're going to do it now. Uh, he asks, uh, what do you look for scouting during open water to use during ice fishing season? What are you looking for when you're out there in the open water before ice season? So I'm a, I should, this is a great question. You're probably asking the wrong guy. Um, I don't ice fish, believe it or not. I live in Northern Michigan, Traverse city, and I've been ice fishing one time this winter and I've been in my boat four times. Uh, definitely fished all 12 months, but I will tell you, I'm a huge perch guy. And what I'm looking for when I target jumbo, big perch is deep water flats. Uh, so I'm looking, you know, in that December time, I'm looking for where those weeds are. Um, if I know that my fish are holding in 45, 50 feet of water, kind of, you know, before winter, I'm looking for that 70 to 80 break line, that flat close to there. So, and that's where those fish are going to be. All right, Bob, uh, we're wrapping up here. Uh, just uh, about 45 seconds left. Is there something you wanted to talk about that we didn't ask you about? For If anything, if you're looking to get into this game, you know, adventure game with technology, it's huge. It's frustrating. Go to your Cabela's, go to your Bass Pro, go to your West Marine and find a unit that is good for you and ask questions. There are Facebook is a there's a ton of pages out there, a ton of information. I'm probably part of six different Garmin groups and I still ask questions and I still learn from guys that are they've been doing this for years. You know, ask questions, familiar figure out what's good for you before you spend a ton of money. All right, that's great advice because uh, it is easy these days for electronics <laughs> to, to do that and it adds up very quick. And we got to uh, answer to our wives. <laughs> yeah, if you guys uh, love to see some awesome Instagram content, content, go check out Captain Bob Hines' Instagram as well. And that is Central Coast Angling. Always good stuff from you and uh, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for coming on the Appreciate show. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.